Okay, welcome to uh, the Swedish Junior Hockey Podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Dahlin. And with us today, uh, someone that has a interesting name, James Reason for a Swede. Welcome to the to the uh, podcast. Thank you, Jacob. Nice to be here. This episode is brought to you by Scandlux, your home for Scandinavian luxury products for the U.S. market. You can find us at scandlux.com. So let's start with, uh, you know, let's start with your name because, uh, and and then where you're from, so we can get the context here, but not the very Swedish name. So uh, I grew up at a small island, or not actually that small island uh, outside Stockholm uh, called Lidingö. Uh, my dad's from Oxford, England, and uh, my mom. Uh, uh, she went to England, uh, stayed there for eight years, got pregnant, and, and then they got back home to Sweden again. So, the rest is history. So, yeah. So is. the mystery, uh, the mystery of the name is 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 solved because I know we uh, we, we got connected and 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 I had to think a little bit when it said James Reason, not very Swedish, and then I know that you were wondering if I spoke Swedish and 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 so on. So, uh, but. Uh, so the next thing you now live in Värmdö, right? Or do you no, still live in no, uh, no, neither. Uh, to be frank, I, I actually live uh, in Saltsjöbaden. Okay, uh, which is about I would say twenty-five minutes from Värmdö. So, and, and but you but you work as a as a volunteer, but you're on the board uh, within Värmdö hockey organization. Yes, that's uh, correct. Uh, I'm the vice chairman of, of Bam the Hockey, uh, and it's uh, free of charge. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. So, so let's start since we always talk about this from a from a geographical standpoint, because a lot of people don't know. Of course, the people from Sweden know, but people in I mean, when, when you look at the who listens to this podcast, it's amazing. People from all over the world uh, listens in and. Uh, so the uniqueness about Stockholm, for those who've never been to Stockholm, and specifically Saltis or Saltsjöbaden, um, I grew up in Leksand, and I spent so little time in Stockholm, uh, but I've been out in the archipelagos of of Stockholm, and it's unique. So describe it for the person who's never been. Oh, uh, to begin with, uh, Stockholm is a city uh, on the sea. Uh, and uh, uh, I would say uh, it's actually possible to take like a, a small boat, like uh, the the ferry commute boat, uh, out, uh, and it takes you like twenty minutes, and you're out in the archipelago uh, straight ahead. So it's uh, it's basically water wherever you look. Uh, looking at the suburbs, because uh, 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 South Carolina is kind of a suburb to Stockholm. Yep. Uh, it's uh, I mean, it's halfway out in, in the archipelago. So, so uh, I have my own boat. It takes me like ten minutes, and, and then then I'm out. So it's it's like a paradise. Yeah, and for those who don't know what archipelagos are, what what is it? <laughs> uh, it it's uh, like a hundred or thousands of small islands uh, within the sea, close to shore. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's beautiful. And and little cottages, little fishing boats. Summertime, yeah. it's like beat 
you know, seals that are laying on the beach, uh, mm-hmm. enjoying the sun. Um, it's amazing when you when you when you go through Stockholm in the summertime, and when the sun is out, everybody goes out on their boats. Everybody goes out, and yeah. work stops, and leisure starts. That's true. Except for those crazy people staying inside the the, the barn, the ice In, barn. Yeah, that's right. Inside <laughs> the hockey. So let's talk about hockey. Yeah. I just wanted to get that context a little bit. So, um, what? So let's talk a little bit about your background. I mean, I know you're you've been involved both as a coach and and on the board for 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 a local hockey organization. And I, I really want to talk. And then your CEO of Target Aid, which I want to talk about at the end, but. The main focus of today, I thought, would be from the perspective of a hockey organization in Sweden, what works, what are the challenges, uh, what are the opportunities within Swedish hockey junior players specifically uh, it are, are the topics. So give us a little bit about your background, because I know you have kids and that, that are involved in hockey and specifically Alexander, who's an 06, who, who's in hockey gymnasium and, and, a, and a J18 player now. So give us a little bit of background. Okay. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, I'm 53 years old. Uh, I uh, grew up uh, in Lidinger. I played for Lidinger Hockey uh, through J18, which was called B Junior at that time. Uh, I uh, Started my coaching uh, at uh, what we call in Sweden Trikron or hockey school uh, uh, at uh, Saltis, South Kabada. It wasn't my plan to to get into hockey again, uh, but I had some friends here in South Kabada because I moved here like 17 years back uh, who asked me to, as I played myself before, if I could uh, join and, and teach the kids. Uh, but so fun. So uh, and after having the Trikrona school, you know, we, you, they uh, formed the teams. Uh, so so I got to be coach for the 06 team in South Kabada, uh, where I coached uh, my own kid, my son, uh, with several other kids. Uh, we had like uh, I don't know, thirty five to forty kids in, in that uh, age group here. Uh, South Kabada was uh, kind of fun. I, I know you had Kim Dingen here uh, to podcast uh, previously, uh, but he joined after I left, a few years after, to be honest. Uh, but uh, we had, uh, uh, we were kind of new. Uh, South Kabada had got their uh, their barn or what, what do you call it? Hockey uh, rink, yeah. Yeah, with the roof. So, so, uh, 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 we had a team before us, uh, the 04 team, where we had some really good quality early. Uh, some of them are at Djurgården. Uh, you have Tom Villander at uh, Rögle. He's uh, really good at the national uh, junior team as well. Uh, so they were like kind of the first team uh, competing within South Kobaden. Uh, and that was not like approved by all. Because uh, th- this community where I live is more a community of sailing, uh, skiing, and playing tennis, to be honest, and maybe some golf. 
uh, and hockey you can do yeah you can do it but but you cannot focus on, on doing hockey uh, so that was kind of how it looked like when, when uh, we started back then but uh, what happened was that the the 06 team we had uh, also had some good quality uh, could be some of how we trained them because we trained a lot of, of skating uh, and uh, yeah, the 04 team left. We we kept the 06 team, and I uh, coached them until they were like uh, 12, I think, 12, 13. And then we moved to Nakia. Uh, and that is like the, the natural step around here. You have a few clubs, and Nakia has always represented uh, the team with some higher education uh, uh, and quality. So that was a natural step to, to take. Yeah. So let's... I just think it's so neat because, you know, South Carbon is one out of, I don't know how many clubs. I wish I would have, I should have done some research on this ahead of time, but you have all these small uh, organizations just like it, right? Boo, uh, South Carbon, Vadimde, where you are now, all these small that, that are kind of nestled in these little suburbs. And then, and then you have the natural, like you're saying, Nakka is the next level up, more more organized. But you know, Nakka is not. You don't see Nakka at the elite level, like Eurogordon or uh, or Södertälje uh, uh, or Oiko. Well, that, that's not. It depends. If you look at J20 uh, national, yes, they're, they're not there. Correct. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, and I have a, quite a fun story about that because <laughs> a couple of years back they went undefeated the uh, entire season. So they got to the qualification to the national uh, uh, and it's a, a game best of three and, and they met our core. Uh, and uh, I don't know how it is today, but back then uh, the J20 team was allowed to, to have t- five older uh, players from from the from the A team, so they played with like Kovac, uh, Jesper Bratta, and a few of those. So it was like <laughs> 10 zero, two games out. Uh, so it's really hard to get up to the nationals if you don't have an A team. But other than that, I would say Nakia J eighteen. They played uh, national like many years, uh, qualifying from region. So uh, and we had, I mean. Talking about all those small uh, clubs within the suburbs like Bo, Elta, Värmdö, Saltis, and so on, and Akka. Uh, also, I think it was about 10 years back, we had like an, a, a silent agreement within this part of, of uh, East of Stockholm that, that uh, Nakia was the, the elite team. Yep. So uh, all the other teams should provide them, uh, and they would not like take players from each other. Uh, and I think that's a quite a good model, until uh, some of the other teams say, "Hey, we want to be the elite team," <laughs> uh, and, uh, <laughs> and then it's very hard to to keep your players. Uh, and I think we lose all of us if we can't like. Uh, 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 find a way to 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 do this together yeah uh, and uh, yeah but but it, but then at the same time Nakka was a feeder organization to Eurogordon at the elite at the at the at the adult organization level right 
Yes, and I mean, uh, we all find our place in, in the food chain. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you look at Nakas U16, uh, they this year they went, went, I think they they ended up like third or four in, in uh, the Swedish Nationals for, for uh, U16. Yeah. Uh, I mean, 80% of the team, they're not Nakka next year. They, they are like... Uh, uh, Färjestad, uh, Örebro and so on. Yeah. So, so uh, you need to find your way, uh, and you need to find way a way how to to continue to develop the players staying uh, to to be competitive. Uh, uh, I know many clubs uh, like or similar like like Nacka, they use their U16 best players to 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 play J18. Uh, like Tabu, for instance. And yeah. I mean, Tabu, they made the national uh, this year. Incredible. With a team where you had like 80% of the best players uh, in other teams after you 16. Yeah. So, so uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, but again, I, I mean, uh, as I said, I'm the uh, vice chairman of Värmdö, of, uh, of the board of Värmdö Hockey, and uh, we are also elite. If you look at J18, uh, same time I'm sitting here in your uh, podcast saying we should find ways to collaborate and and like work together. Uh, and the question you need to ask yourself is: uh, Do you have room in in a pretty small region for only elite teams? Because if you look at Bernda playing regional. Nakia same, and we, we are like 15, 20 minutes apart. Uh, then you have Saltsjöbaden, and I know you talked to Kim Lindgren. They they have like a vision to, to climb uh, the ladder. Uh, Bo, same thing. So uh, uh, we do not have room for like four elite teams. Uh, I've talked to players I know from the uh, 06 generation, who didn't take a place in either of those teams? None. And if they can't play at Saltkobaden, where can they play? Yeah. I mean, should you quit playing at 15 years of age because all your team in the neighborhood want to be elite? Yeah. That's crazy. And I mean, there's so many kids not wanting to be elite. It's yeah, not for I everyone to, to play that. Yeah, and I think it's interesting how uh, so we we have to have a um, uh, a segment of this podcast talking about Lexund, of course, but I think they got a pretty good model. Now, what what people don't know in Lexund is that their second team is not called Lexund Two; it's Haras Bigden, which is so HSS Haras Bigden Sport Sportsalskap is their Division One J eighteen team. Which so within there, which I think works really, really well. But if you compare to let's say Mura, so they play in J18 and J uh, J18 West um, as an example. Mura only has one team. They're they're an NIU and they play J18 uh, region and compete at the national. So after Christmas, they made to the nationals and did really, really well. J20. They're, they they produce players so they compete at the highest level um, at J20 National with teams like Lexan, Farias, Dahl, 
but they don't have what you're saying. They don't have a division one option. They don't have the LIU. So if you grow up and you don't make that team, you end up having to move to other organization like perhaps Usha or Lexand or Fallen. But in Lexand, you have it within and you have a national competing team in in region and 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 national and then you have a division one organization so that that is now called Hadas Bigden. Uh that is that so if you want to stay you can which I think is a good model. Yeah me too. Uh, we need to uh, we need to look at uh, hockey uh, uh, a little bit broader. Uh, as a sport, uh, you know, uh, uh, we're going to go uh, into that later on about what I do uh, as, as my work. Yeah. But but it, it is also in the sense of like a social engagement where we learn kids so much uh, except playing hockey. So so we need this platform and and uh, we can't just make it exclusive for for a small percentage. Yeah. Uh, and again, we don't know who, who's going to be the the, the uh, I mean, the real player later on. Uh, so, so let's so segue into different that. options. Let, yeah. Let's let's segue into not not uh, target aid yet, but 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 I wanted to talk about your experience, and I can empathize it as well being involved in in, in a local organization, which is incredible. the The amount of of learning that I have. In t- spent, I spent 10 years within a local youth hockey organization uh, early on, and I started off not knowing anything. As a matter of fact, I was a spectator on the side, and somebody, you know, sidled up to me and said, uh, you know, you want to get involved? And I said, I don't even have skates anymore. I took a long time off. And they said, well, here's a pair. So they they made the barrier of entry really easy and gave me a size 13 skate which is four sizes too big but they said get on out there we need we need volunteers but here's the fact i think both of us have can 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 shared experiences how much we learn along the journey and then unfortunately you mentioned offline mistakes that you made along the way which i can man if we look back at like what i know now and i have a segment you know a question I try to ask as many guests, and that is, if you met yourself, you know, at this age, what would you tell yourself at the age seventeen? I think is a great question. Um, that that, and it points out the, the 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 parts about what did you learn along the journey. So let me pose not that question of what 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 would you tell yourself, but but what are some things you mentioned? Three points that you learned along the the journey of perhaps mistakes uh that that you made along the way that you'd like to share i would love that but uh from being 17 or like yeah. as a parent and yes yeah. so, so 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 quite so, a from the or- so so both from as a you know that you see from parents also as a coach but also working within the organization from an administrative standpoint? Okay. Uh, yeah, really good question. Uh, yeah, first of all, I would say you don't know what's going to come, right? 
So, so uh, uh, we are actually training kids, right? Uh, uh, particular ho hockey in our case. Uh, and we try to give them the best like foundation to stand on, right? From, from how to skate, uh, uh, shoot the puck and pass the puck and so on and play the game. Uh, but I, I think we do not need to, to create those filters early on where you put different groups divided by knowledge on the ice. Uh, because first of all, it's kind of stupid because hockey is a game of uncertainty. So, so you need to, to be ready for the unexpected, uh, right? So, so I, I would say on the contrary, it's really good to, to train with, with less good guys. So, so, so you can train on receiving the puck from from uh, from a bad position, right? Uh, but uh, as I said uh, offline, you do mistakes in your life, uh, and uh, uh, regarding myself, uh, I did all those mistakes. Yeah. Uh, I, I divided the groups. Uh, we also had one kid uh, playing football. Uh, he came really late in the season, and his mom said, "Oh, why, why he's not up uh, on the rooster for for next game?" I said, "Well, he hasn't trained." Uh, and she told me that shouldn't matter because she, he he trained football. Yeah, uh, and this is like a club for everyone, including. Uh, and I said no, uh, and that I mean I feel ashamed ashamed of that today, because but you didn't know looking. I didn't know uh, better, but looking back, it's like, okay, why couldn't he play? Does anyone remember the result from that game? No, I don't. Uh, 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 but the, the thing is here that I see other people making the same mistakes uh, and they are in the similar situation, uh, like my situation, but it's 10 years later, right? Yep. Yep. And I, I, I'm trying to say to them, listen, uh, you don't need to do the same mistake. I yeah. can tell you this is not the, the, the right way to go. There's a time for everything. And and uh, I also speak to people, when, when I speak about those things, uh, people might regard me as, as like uh, uh, trying to find like the broad perspective or, or getting everyone in and that's not that is not the case i'm actually quite competitive uh, and i do like uh, uh, people striving for elite uh, uh, and doing their best i have nothing against elite teams uh, but but it's a time and place for everything uh, and i would say at least uh, up to u16 uh, it's a it's a it's a hobby, right? Yeah. Uh, and uh, but but the thing is, if you ask parents, they believe it's a job. Yeah. Uh, uh, and it's not a job. It, it, there's no 14, 15 year old uh, little guy who plays hockey for for a job, it, it, because they love love the sport. Uh, and uh, yeah. So so and I think you can really find those gems. That that will thrive and and be real hockey players later on, even in those groups. And, so, and actually, I didn't tell you this offline. I need to tell you this 
And if you haven't seen it, uh, you need to go uh, Google or YouTube it. Uh, uh, Ovechkin, there, there's a video of Ovechkin uh, where he, he, he gets asked, how come, uh, no, what's the uh, secret behind your success? And always says, uh, well, I lied about my age uh, when I was young. Uh, 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 and uh, they, they say, oh, so you played against uh, older guys. No, no, I played against those five years younger. I made like 10, scored 10 goals a game. Uh, <laughs> and it's so funny because if you look at how it looks in Sweden, all parents want their sons or daughters to play up. Yep. Uh, and here you have like one of the best all time saying, no, no, I did the, <laughs> the opposite. So, so, so I, I learned how to score like 10 goals a game. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> Oh, it's so good. It's it's yeah. uh so so what about the other one? You mentioned kind of the, the the problem of the competing interests out there, they're always gonna be there about hey, uh you have the talent, number the number nine there, the nine-year-old number nine, man, he is really, really good. You should go and play here with this group, come to this select team. And you don't need to play with those guys anymore. They don't even know what they're doing. Here, come join us. We will make you a pro. Nine-year-old. Mm -hmm. here, in the, yeah, here in the U.S., it's called, oh, we want to invite you to this AAA organization. Uh, we will travel all over the world uh, as 10-year-old. As and, and by the way, you know, we will play 82 games and um, we will allow financing so you can pay this off over five years. You know, we know you can't really afford it, but, 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 you know, we can provide financing at, <laughs> I mean, I'm making jokes here, but it's really, so, so talk about the, 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 the problems that you see with the select teams. Uh, uh, well, uh, not particularly the select team, but the, how you describe it. The first thing that comes to my mind is that it's hard to step up. So, so eventually, if you keep on playing, and or I mean, eighty-two games, then you probably need to to actually enter the NHL. But if you do, there's no step up. You you played eighty-two games since you were ten. It's it's stupid. Uh, yeah. to begin with uh, regarding select teams uh, I, I would say as long as you consider them as extra uh, time to play hockey and you do it for fun well great then uh, uh, but you, you need to remember that at least playing when you're like 10 11 years old it's not like you uh, you're not even close to be a hockey player. Yeah. Uh, 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 and uh, the problem here is that if you, if you're in a select team, it, I think it's easy to fool yourself that, that uh, you are a hockey player. And you're actually not. It, it's for fun. Uh, I think you, you at least need to, to enter like J18 and further on to yeah. consider yourself a true hockey player. But isn't it true but though? That, isn't it true though that you have these? You know, if we look back at the at the guys that are the best players, um, very few of them 
were, were bad players when they were 10, right? But at the same time, just because you weren't a top player at 10 doesn't mean that you can't become one, right? No, yeah. Uh, so, so I think yeah, that, that everyone develops differently. Yeah, but there's a lot of, of uh, players from the select teams that actually go all the way. So, so uh, I mean, I, I wouldn't say it's a disadvantage to, to be good at early age. It's not that that I'm saying, uh, on the contrary, but but and I uh, and I, I don't think it's a question about can other people not being in the select team go all the way? Yes, they can. Uh, but if you look at the ones actually playing uh, those teams at an early age, it's far from certain that they will be a hockey player. Yeah. At the end. So so uh, so that's what I'm addressing here, uh, and uh, also. What we tend tend to forget about young players is that you have your physicality that plays a great role in your success. Uh, and you can look at two players that were really good young age. Uh, for instance, uh, Lucas Raymond and Alexander Holst. Uh, and I, I've been fortunate to to actually see Alexander Holst close range uh, uh, being at NACA same time. Uh, he had a, a huge advantage in his physics. Uh, and I would say, in my opinion, um, I might be wrong here, but, but that is at least what I think. People regarded him as the, the, the absolute number one compared to, to Lucas Raymond. Uh, but look at it today. Uh, those are, this is like an extreme example. But but uh, uh, people tend to to get the physics later on, uh, and then you have other things that that matters more, like the sense for for the player and so on. Uh, both are really fantastic players. I'm not saying one of them are bad, but but uh, things uh, can change, uh, and uh, other things will be more important during the years to come. So, yeah, so both, both have done both have done fine. Absolutely, great players, great persons. Even though I haven't met both of them, but but uh, uh, absolutely, but but you can use it as an example for for other kids that yeah. are not may, maybe uh, the same level as them, uh, even uh, not even when they were uh, kids, but. Uh, uh, stuff happens you know uh, and uh, you can i always said uh, uh, about skating uh, i've seen so many many uh, young kids that were maybe a bit too strong for their own best so so they skated like crazy and they were the fastest skaters but they didn't have like the correct uh, technique to do it uh, uh, i always said slow down but how do you slow down a 10 year old that that can go fast, fastest of all, uh, and then they turn like 14, 15, and they haven't trained uh, correct because they didn't have to because they were fastest. And now all of a sudden they, they are not even like in the middle of the team anymore. Yeah, and and I I just did. We just released a podcast with with um, Mange and Anni from from Skills and Prehab. Mange who works in the south and and. A lot of what they work on 
within there, it, it's it's about mobility and movement and and the technique. And I think that there's a lot of people that they make a lot of mistake in their development by they're just putting the pedal to the metal and they're just going hard. And sometimes they over, um, uh, you know, they, they, they lift too much, for example, weights, and then they, they do not work enough in their hips and their, and their, and their preventative side. But the other part is too, you know, I think it translates well into how much are they working on broadening their understanding of the game and, and, uh, how much are they working with their mental health? We've talked about all these different sides of of uh, of what builds a, a a strong human, what builds a strong hockey player, what what brings what what builds a strong strong um, person. Uh, let let's let's go into this section because I think it's important about the hurdles or the filters. What you mentioned in what you see as problems within Swedish hockey, you know, in previous episodes, we've talked a lot about at 15, the filter, what filters out a lot of players is the, you know, did I make the, the, the TV puck tournament team for my region? Of course, Stockholm has North and South. So they have two, but they've got so many players to pull from, but it's a big filter. The next one is going to be, did I make an NIU or not. So some people quit. But you mentioned something else that where in your again in your in your experience that is the bigger filter probably of all of them is what? Not not at age 15, uh, not at age 16, but age 18. 18 20. Yeah, uh I, I I just want to, before I, I answer that question, I would like to address uh, first of all uh, the first filter, uh, the TV puck, uh, and uh, that might be more of a filter outside Stockholm, I would say, uh, where you live at a smaller uh, area uh, and there is not that many players, uh, and you may, might feel more, uh, what do you say, deselected from 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 the team, and that might uh, get you to quit. Uh, of course, there might be some kids in, in the Stockholm area as well that, that quit because they didn't manage uh, to get into the TV park. But I don't think it's the same level as outside Stockholm. Also, yeah. we could like have, I mean, we could have like four or five teams with Stockholm kids co- competitive in the TV park. So so uh, uh, I think that is also a relief for those not getting into the t- TV park team that they they feel anyway that yeah, but I could have made it if I played for another area in Sweden. So, so uh, I haven't seen that many kids quit after uh, the TV pack year, uh, not due to to not getting into the TV pack. And I have seen a lot of kids not getting in, and I've seen a, a few of them actually getting into the TV pack. Uh, but again, then they will enter the the, the hockey gymnasium. Uh, I know there's been so many uh, talks about what uh, qualifies you to get into the uh, uh, new gymnasium, uh, but I'm pretty sure one must be 
being on, on, on the list for the TV pack. Uh, it has to be. Yeah. So, so being being there, uh, you will at least get uh, an easier way to get your place in the hockey gymnasium somewhere, in, at least New York gymnasium in the country. But there's so many other gymnasiums you can play for. For instance, Värmdö or Nacka or, or other teams in Täby or SDE in Stockholm. Uh, that plays regional also. Uh, and they play there for two years, J18, and then they're going to go to J20. So that's the my revelation of this year, uh, talking about filters, uh, which I see must be the, the absolute hardest, uh, uh, what do say, uh, eye of the needle to, yep. to, to go through. Uh, and that is turning 18, you get your car, you're allowed to buy a beer. Uh, maybe you're more interested into girls at that age, and you, you're you're having wheels, so you can move around, right? Uh, and you had two years with hard training if you play at uh, region, and then you're going to enter to into your J20 team. Uh, and I think, uh, or I know, in, in one case where we had a team of really good players. That had uh, uh, they got asked from really good national J20 teams uh, if they wanted to come for a tryout or play for them, and they said no because uh, they wanted to to have other stuff in their life than train like a crazy person for like two years. Uh, and uh, I always said if you want to be uh, within sports and do that as your uh, occupation, your work. Uh, you need to be be a bit crazy. Uh, and I always told my kids, uh, as I have five of them, that you can be whatever you want to if you like put in the effort that will take you somewhere. Uh, and uh, I would say if you play two years region J18, you're good enough to take it all the way. Uh, and uh, It's up to you what, what, what that uh, end stop or end game is, is that uh, playing in, in like Switzerland or Finland or Sweden or Hockeyettan or whatever, or all the way to, to the America, uh, it's up to you. Because you definitely have the correct foundation to stand on if you played region for two years, J18. But you need to say like, okay, I'm 18. I'm going to give it this two, three years with... 100% dedication, focus. I'm going to train like a crazy person, uh, like eat, sleep, train. And that doesn't give you a lot of time to, to hang around with friends, go to parties or drink beer. So if you ask like a guy 18 years old, you you can ask 100 and maybe one or two will say, yeah, I'm going to do this for two, three years. Well, and, you, and you, you, you may find a larger percentage says oh yeah i'm committed yeah but it, you how might many real, how many really are committed yeah i, I mean uh, and we talked also about this offline but what you should ask yourself if you're running a, a hockey gymnasium or any team region or elite uh, j18 or u16 or whatever uh, you should ask the kids your players uh, what's your motivation? What's your focus? Uh, where do you uh, think you're going to be in a few years? Uh, and I'm not sure 
you will have like 100% of the players saying, yeah, I'm going to do this like a crazy person for, for the next years. There must be guys who says, no, I'm going to play this uh, because I like it. I want to hang out with my friends. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, and uh, maybe you shouldn't play at, at the highest level then, or at least take a place for someone else at the, the hockey gymnasium because they will probably be sorted out in the next filter when you enter J20. So, so let me stop you right there because I think that it's so such an important point. You have a J, you have a 17-year-old or 18-year-old that that goes to hockey gymnasium. They're a really good player, but they don't yeah. have they don't have the the mentality, they don't have the drive for whatever reason, right? Maybe they get they got burned out, or maybe maybe they like another sport better. You know, maybe they are really, really good at tennis. And that is now so whatever reason or they are in love with their girlfriend, whatever it may be. Uh, but what you're saying here is that if you don't have the drive to push yourself, because it could be that you're now taking the spot of someone that has the drive, but maybe at 17 isn't quite there yet, right? And That's the point of view of the leadership. You should have it. But uh, if you look uh, uh, at how you would look at it as a parent, for instance, you need to understand and accept that that not everyone want to play that level hockey. Correct. It's, it, it's, not, it's not for everyone. Uh, and you, you must accept that and say, okay, fine, play for, for fun and, and do what you like. Uh, you can't push people to, to, to be this. Yeah. Or, or push them to to put like two three years of of a perfect age to have fun. To be honest, around twenty to to be out running and training all the time. But isn't it so? From an administrative standpoint, though, aren't there a lot of opportunities that are, you know, how do we establish a a environment? that emphasis and 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 uh you know opportunities for setting or or you know that we that increases the odds i mean let's face it that's what we are in control over that says we're going to have good facilities that you don't have to drive to an hour to get to uh, we want to provide low cost options which that ties in with what we we're going to talk about next but the other part is we want to be able to have the best leaders and that that are true leaders that can actually uh, teach and train and and it needs to be a safe environment, you know, where you don't have bullying, you don't have, uh, you know, it's a high level of of of, of expectations uh, and so on. It's not just free for all, right? Isn't that from an organizational standpoint? Because what I have seen, unfortunately, where organizations fail or, or or maybe they don't hit it out of their ballpark, and that is they don't have the finances, they don't have the leadership, they don't have the vision. So therefore, they, they end up putting the wrong people uh, in charge of a team, uh, maybe because of their resume, but they're really not a good coach, they're not a good leader. Maybe they don't have the, the baselines or they don't have the you know, they got too many kids for this one person to handle all of it. And so the product 
ends up being, meaning the environment that the, the experience that this player have is like, or, or they may play at the wrong level. Yeah, we got our teeth kicked in for for 35 games and we, we, we went one and 35, right? Mm-hmm. So that made me uh, burn out or that made me, it was easier to get filtered out because I lost interest versus, man, my coach was awesome. I was provided all the opportunities we did all these things on and off the ice as as an organization, as a team. I was inspired where I may have been maybe not as fired up, but man, because of this environment, I'm, I am now inspired and I am giving it all my all. This success, success really fed fed me. I don't know. Maybe it's, it's a natural selection anyway. I think it is, and you need to accept it. Uh, and I think uh, the fun part is that you need to connect the dots. Like, uh, first of all, you need to decide as a, a club, uh, a sports club, a hockey club, uh, your vision and mission, and actually what you are and, and, and the path to get there, right? Yeah. Uh, and uh, if you look at uh, my club, Vanda Hockey, uh, we shall provide players to our uh, senior team who currently plays in hockey tour. Yeah. Uh, and that I can talk a lot about, but that is what we are doing. Uh, and above that, we provide uh, a lot of good quality uh, uh, knowledge about uh, how to learn the kids uh, good values and the importance of uh, one person in a group and how they affect the group and and so on. But uh, in in the meaning of the game or sports, we shall provide players to our uh, senior team. Okay. Uh, If you look at teams playing uh, the absolute top level senior teams like Växjö or Skellefteå, they need those crazy people that train like two, three years crazy, right? Uh, and that person will probably not care if it's a good facility or a dirty facility. That person will train anyway to 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 reach the goal, right? So the fun part is that the the really good facilities and what you have around with with uh, with people, staff, and food and everything, you would probably benefit more having that at Värmdö to keep those players that don't have like the crazy uh, drive, you know? But, so you need other ways to, to keep them in, in, in their sport. Oh, we have a good facility, right? But the crazy people, I'm pretty sure they don't care. They, I, they're going to do it anyway. I looked at, you know, I had this conversation with uh, Ludwig Guvetarling, who was who grew up yeah. in, uh, in lead in Honningen. Uh, no, uh, no, he he played in Uruguay and, and then he's the coach in Honingen now. But he went to a place like Karlskoga, which I think is you know doesn't necessarily have the best facilities, but you know it has been a breeding ground of like w- when you can get really, really okay. Maybe they don't get the top end talent like Kralefti or Regula or or Hovichudet, but man, they they're looking for that hard worker that you know put them in the right environment but they don't need they don't need that fancy uh environment to succeed uh, and, and i mean uh, as a person i do like that uh, more Me too. 
Uh, yeah, it's like the rocky environment. Yeah, it's like uh, Brooks Ort, uh, you know, I had some conversation with Johan Schultz about, like, you know, he, yeah. he coaches J18 there, and he's like, yeah, the kind of player that we're looking for is is not the pampered one. We're going to we're gonna work, outwork everybody here and over time. And it produces results. I mean, it, it, it does. Yeah. So, all right, let, let's segue and round out about, because I'm interested in, in kind of the original thing that you and I talked about. Um, and from an organization, it takes money. It takes engagement. So it, your day job uh, is being the CEO of Target Aid. So I wanted to put a shameless plug. We're going to say this episode is sponsored by Scandlux, but it's also sponsored by Target Aid today. It isn't, but but I wanted to talk about it, right? Um, so so what is Target Aid and, and, and why in the world would we want to bring that message out to the sports community? Uh, first of all, because it's a really good message. Uh, and we do good. So, so uh, first of all, that. But, but what we do, we are a platform, a digital platform. Uh, initially, we we started or I uh, founded a platform to create engagement and to help NGOs. Uh, and uh, my uh, view of how to create uh, engagement is that if you look at an NGO today and how they uh, receive donations. People donate to the entire NGO, uh, but the NGO have a lot of different projects that they work with. So I thought a couple of years back that wouldn't it be a really good idea if, if I could make a donation to a specific project within the daily work of the NGO. So and, and, and for doing, those who don't know, what, what is an NGO? Uh, non-profit organization. Yep. So, so that that is like uh, Save the Children, SOS Barnbyar, uh, Stips and Friends, or Buri Salming ALS Foundation. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, and, and I mean, uh, most of us have probably donated something to to some NGO in our lifetime, uh, and we always donate to the NGO, and we don't know what they do with the money except yep. a lot of stuff, right? So. So uh, I created this platform uh, where we let the NGOs put up their work in a specific uh, project uh, on the platform. And we open up for people to search for like, if I, uh, if I would like to find out, is there any courses or projects I can support within a specific disease or whatever? Mm-hmm. I would find them on Target Aid and I could make my donation and I will get some touch points back with, with Dan Joe, follow up. I know where my money goes to and what they've done with the money. So we began as like, that, that was more like a peer-to-peer platform for, for uh, uh, social engagement courses uh, connected by uh, NGOs. But then uh, the pandemic hit. Uh, and uh, as I am in sports, I have five kids. Uh, I could see from the inside how how bad the situation turned out to be for, for sports clubs in Sweden. You know, we weren't allowed to have people there, so we couldn't have the, the year of the payouts uh, and stuff like that. Yeah. So they, they were in a really bad place financially. Uh, and uh, from uh, the target aid point of view, we said, 
okay, why not let sports put their daily work in a product form and create a course on, on our platform? Like, so we tried out with uh, Nacka Hockey was the first, and we asked them, would you like to to put up a fundraiser at Target Aid? Is there anything you need uh, to collect money to, to do within your daily work? Uh, and they had this, uh, I'm not sure it's called shooting range. Yep. Where they, where you practice your, your shooting. Uh, and they have a really nice one, but it was, uh, uh, it needed some uh, ref- refreshing. So uh, we helped them out by, by putting uh, this course, this fundraiser on, on our platform. And they collected uh, like 1500 euro within a day or two. So it was a complete success. Uh, and uh, by doing this, uh, when we looked at who actually actually contributed to the course or the project, uh, giving money, it was like grandparents and people close to, to the active players, but another layer than, than your mother and father. So it turned out that we managed to find what I say is like a hidden value within sports clubs. Uh, and those are the people around the players because they can be really good ambassadors, but you need to feed them some way to, to create engagement uh, and so they can feel they are part of, of the kids' uh, daily sports. Uh, and uh, we did that by letting them donate like 10 euros to, to be part of building the new shooting range. So uh, they actually got back to us within like two days uh, and said, oh, it's actually people calling uh, our NACA office saying we, we, uh, it got fully financed. So we want to give more, but we can't. So it was a complete success. Uh, after a while, we, we actually noticed that we had managed to create content for the club. Like now we can actually show what we do. Uh, and uh, this was interesting for companies around the sports club. Uh, and that brought us to, to sponsorships. And uh, looking at how local sports in Sweden, and this is quite funny actually, uh, how they work with sponsorships in Sweden, uh, like every team in Sweden, uh, and I'm not talking about Lexan right now because they actually have a, a high valuation of their brand and a lot of, of, of supporters. But if you look at Värmdö, which I represent, uh, if we have like 50 to 100 people watching uh, our senior team at a game, that's good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, same time, when we talk to companies around our sports club, uh, we try to sell them uh, exposure, saying, uh, give us like uh, 2,000 euro and we will put a sign of your logo type uh, 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 at the rig, right? Uh, but that means we actually put a value of having a sign in our ring. And then you need to, to ask yourself, if you ask a company to give you 2000 in exchange for showing their logo, what will they get in return? Yeah. And the answer is zero. Well, they get 15 to 20 or 100 no, people. They, they will, <laughs> yes, they will probably not get one deal, Correct. to be honest. Correct. Uh, because And also... All the deals they will get 
it, it, it demands that the person buying your stuff will need to go into to our uh, arena uh, and see uh, and see the the sign and say, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna buy a." I've been I've been wanting to I've been wanting to 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 needing a, 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 a an excavator a grab machine today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so uh, being in sales and marketing myself, I, I thought this is so strange because same time we have companies actually paying for this. So so I called a lot of companies asking them, how come you you pay for this kind of sponsorship? Is it uh, because of the exposure of your logo? Uh, and no one said yes, no one. But what they said or told me was that, yeah, we do it because, uh, you know, social engagement, the value of local sports, uh, the team teaches our kids uh, good behavior or whatever, soft values. And what business shouldn't listen to, to the clients, right? So if our business or sports uh, depends upon the company's paying us money, we should listen to them and say, okay, how come you pay us the money? Uh, and it's not because of the sign. Yeah. So so uh, what we do with target data is that we do it uh, in three steps. Uh, first step is we help the, the, the club put up this fundraiser on the platform. Then we connect uh, uh, relatives to the active players. They create engagement in their turn. Uh, and then we let all the sponsoring companies use that content in their own platform saying hey look this is why i support this sport club it's because of they do this this and this uh, uh, and that creates value so that's what we do and uh, we grow a lot the last couple of months uh, and uh, i'm really happy to to say that uh, two days ago we got a call from södertälje sport club uh, ssk in hockey svenskan Asking us, uh, they're actually telling us that they will do this fundraiser, uh, trying to get uh, Sebastian Dyk and Ludwig Blomstrand back to the team, uh, the senior team. Uh, one play, playing in Finland uh, in the highest uh, uh, tier, uh, and the other one in Czech, uh, Czechoslovakia. And uh, but they didn't have the money within the budget to 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 pay them the sign-off uh, fee. So uh, they made a collaboration with, with uh, different supporter clubs saying we're going to try to raise uh, 1 million Swedish crowns for the sign fee, signing fee. And uh, they used target date. So uh, yesterday we uh, started this campaign. And uh, today they had about, I think, 250,000 Swedish crowns collected already. And also about 100 more through uh, uh, invoices, so really success. Why do you think, that, so So I'm interested in, in this too and contrasting why that is, I, I have my my thoughts on it, but why is that successful versus, and, and, and maybe explain to, so here in the US, fundraising is non-existent. 100%, it's very, very expensive in, in comparison to play hockey in the U.S. versus, and, and I'm not sure about Canada, but I can tell you from a youth organization standpoint, you know, normal fees are between $2,500 to $4,500, just the fees itself uh, per season, dollars. So that's, uh, you know, Shafem Tucson to 45,000 Swedish crowns per player at the U14 level, as an example. 
Sweden is much cheaper than that, but but that that means that that that's partially because they they survive on a lot of sponsorships and and fundraising and events, right? Yeah, uh, we need to uh, not actually fundraising events because that's pretty new. Uh, that's what we're trying to 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 make all clubs in Sweden do. Uh, but but sponsorships, yes, uh, I would say. I haven't found one club uh, in any sport with youth and kids that not have any sponsorships. Yeah. So, uh, but what's the current? If you look at so, so I, I just thought it was kind of interesting because when my son went over to Sweden, you know, the first thing was, uh, so yeah, we have here's what we here's how we raise funds, and and what do you think that method was that that went around to the players? And, and to the parents it was funny for me uh, yeah I, I would say uh, word to mouth so so no, uh, no it was no we want you to sell toilet paper ah okay yeah yeah uh, and they uh, uh, yeah they're so fed up toilet paper <laughs> uh, it's sausages uh it's uh, bamboo underwear uh, it's, the, it's candlelights so, so that was my my first uh, my first experience was, oh, to raise money, we want you to go to your all your families to sell toilet paper. But it must work though, because every so I'm seeing this with you know on social media, hey, so and so is uh, so and so is is uh, 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 raising money, and I remember as a kid going door to door to sell calendars or Christmas newspaper Christmas magazines and 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 these type of things everybody in sweden's pretty used to it but i honestly never ever sold toilet paper uh but <laughs> you know but, why but, so, so, so so why is so there's gotta be so there's what i'm saying is there's opportunities because not everybody likes to go and and sell toilet paper so why is target aid a different and maybe better method because at the end of the day, an organization, what they're more interested in is, well, you know, we're trying to raise money here, right? Mm -hmm. And here's and and they do that because, well, it worked pretty good. So what what makes Target Eight work better? Well, if you look at uh, the Nakia case, but but they're not uh, far from the only one having a fundraiser for shooting range at our platform. But if you look at them. Uh, and compare it to, to buying a, a toilet paper or actually buying a part of, of the shooting range, what would you prefer? Uh, buying toilet paper or, or making sure your grandson can, can practice shooting at a nice shooting range? For me, it's a no-brainer. Yes. Uh, and also, uh, there's the whole package around it, which uh, is actually digital. You know, we, we have follow-ups, updates. Uh, you can follow the project, see what actually your, like, 10 euros went to, uh, if it's the flooring or, or the goals or whatever. So so it creates engagement. But, but uh, isn't, isn't need... it, aren't they selling the toilet paper because that's a solution that is on the table? It's prepackaged. Here's how you do it, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, and to be honest, uh, it would be fun to get some statistics of how, how many parents actually end up buying the toilet paper instead of the kids selling the toilet paper. Exactly, exactly. Mm. Um, I, I, I didn't buy so, any toilet 
paper, by the way, but yeah. <laughs> no, but I, I, I've had so many, as I mentioned, five kids. I've had so much different stuff at home that, that, that we had to buy. Uh, and I rather put those money into that money into to specific course for the club, uh, uh, choosing myself where it should go to. Yeah. Not being like having to buy the toilet paper. But uh, if you look at uh, we had Jill Ward and handicap football. Uh, I love that course uh, where they uh, wanted to to put their team into to a training camp at Bosa. Uh, so so lovely team. Uh, and uh, they uh, raised like 30,000 Swedish crowns for them going to this uh, training camp. Uh, I'd rather put my money there than, than buying toilet paper. Uh, the NACA U16 team, they needed some extra money to, to go to the, the, the Swedish national finals. I'd rather support them than buying toilet paper. And, 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 so may, and maybe, maybe the fan isn't interested in paying for this elite player, right? But may, maybe this fan is more, or maybe this family member or this person has a closer connection to the shooting ramp or the, to the shooting uh, uh, area, or mm-hmm. uh, or I want to support this cause versus that cause. What you're providing is, here's the options, but, but, but we want the consumer to know where the money's going. Yes, uh, uh, with a clear follow-up, uh, uh, but also letting the consumer uh, make their choice by themselves uh, and also when to do it uh, and, and what to support. And uh, uh, I mean, we also have clubs, and uh, this is also with Entourage Service. Uh, we, as I meant, be, began mentioning, we, we do have all those NGOs uh, the health organizations uh, on the platform. Uh, and we do a lot of work for Burje Salming's ALS Foundation. And uh, we have a lot of clubs saying, oh, we want to support the course, uh, trying to get funds to for, for science for, for ALS. Uh, but we might not have the money ourselves to support them, but we can act as an ambassador Yes. Uh, and, and then they can easily, within like a minute, pick up that course on our platform and embed it onto their landing page profile authority and say, we as a club support Burya Salming. And if you want to make a contribution, you can do it through our channel. And that's really good as well. So what's the best way? All right. Now, Target Aid, right? So I know on your on your website, it has a, a very bright and centered in green explore target aid is that the best place for people to kind of go to learn more about it or i mean target aid is is target aid.com but um but I, but i think more, yeah. than, more than just saying you know hey um go go when they go there what where should they go to to learn more about it yeah, I would say so. Uh, you you kind of nailed me here. <laughs> uh, we we are working. Uh, we have a progress to to redesign our front end because I do not like it. But the the explore button is where everything happens. So you you go to the green big explore button, uh, and uh, we also have it in Swedish. So you choose your language, yep. uh, and uh, then you go to projects to support or or 
I think that's the name in, in English. And yep. then there you will find everything. You can search for ice hockey, for instance, uh, and you will find all, all courses connected to, to hockey. Or you can search for a specific club like Tebe or Nacka or Järkten or any club. Uh, and you can find all those uh, courses. But, but, but most consumers yeah. aren't going to go to Target Aid. They're probably going to be seeing that at within their lo- local organization, right? Absolutely. So, so uh, what we uh, provide the clubs with is first of all a widget uh, connected to uh, a widget is uh, like an iframe where you can have the the fundraiser on your own platform, uh, quite easy. So, so uh, we always tell the clubs to to use the widget, put that on their own website, uh, and above all, uh, they use our mail send out. To, to mail uh, all their uh, members and family members of the club saying this is our uh, new course. And also it's connected to social media. So by pressing a button, you can easily uh, share your fundraiser within like Instagram, Facebook, uh, or drop a link in your uh, parents' WhatsApp group or whatever. Yeah, uh, And it goes pretty fast. I mean, those who do not succeed, those are the ones who, who never promoted the course. But the ones promoting the course by like posting Facebook, uh, I would say the average time to, to raise like a thousand euro is about two to three days. Yeah, I should start a fundraising for a fundraiser for a, for a Swedish junior hockey podcast is what I'm realizing. <laughs> oh, absolutely and you can it's free of charge what one thing i want to i i just um you actually send this link to me but i but i actually pulled it up on your website and i I think it's a great example um so i pulled up the one for seretelia sport club the one you mentioned that that is is um they're they're uh that that's the one it says the fans uh collection for blomstrand and 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 deke you you mentioned that so what I'm seeing here, just to, for those that are listening and don't have this in front of you on your computer, is uh, detailed what this fundraiser is all about, uh, how much they're trying to collect, uh, latest donations. So I saw who has donated, and it could be you know ten dollars or hundred Swedish crowns, or it could be fifty bucks. A lot of these are small, small trickle donations. Uh, over here in the U.S., it's similar to GoFundMe, but it's uh, but it's, um, and and then it, it's got a very easy, clear button here on, uh, how to donate and and how to input that that information, but then also what I like here is make an impact and ins- inspire others. So, uh, the the the, vi- the viral component of if you like this, so somebody said. If you like us, talk about us. If you don't, just keep your mouth shut. But it's really, if you like this, maybe you want to share this and and spread this out among others. Um, Yes, absolutely. And and I would just uh, say that you would probably like it if you donate, right? And if you donate, you would like to show others that that you have made the donation to this specific course. uh, But also you're thinking in the terms of how can I be even more, do even more good? Well, uh, I can make the donation, but you will probably create even more donations 
by by sharing the the fundraiser. So we work with layers, and and uh, our uh, platform, uh, I would say, a community of companies, which we haven't mentioned, uh, sports clubs and uh, NGOs, yeah. organizations. I think it's awesome, and uh, just like when we had, um, uh, we were talking about hockey, uh, hockey, Svensk Hockey TV was an episode of this episode. It's a good product, uh, and I don't mind sharing that. Uh, this is close to. Uh, here, here's why I wanted to have you on: is it's a good product, it's a good site, and it works well with both the listeners and the org and and their organizations where they where they are. So, plus you're a good hockey nerd to have on this uh, on this podcast to chat about as well. And uh, so, if you have an opportunity, uh, learn more about it, share it targetaid.com and and so on is it any other uh, ways that if they wanted to get in touch with you uh, what's the best way sorry i would say by email uh, and uh, my email is james at targetaid.com simple uh, yeah really easy or you just go by the site and go info at targetaid.com yeah, we didn't have too much Lexund discussions. We will have to have you back on and and talk about we, we, you know uh, for a while there we had a lot of people from Stockholm on and then we had a little lull and now now more Stockholm people but but um, we don't mind it at all. And thanks for coming on, sharing your thoughts from an organizational standpoint, but also on on Target Aid. It's been been informative and and more than anything fun. So thanks a bunch. Thank you. Cheers, Jacob.